Hello, friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. It is now time for our weekly Bible study, preaching, and teaching right here on our website. Thank you once again for joining us today and keeping the Word of the Lord. I know that we all have all over the world our our churches, our physical congregations, but we're part of a spiritual congregation worldwide. Uh, whether you're a mega church or a mini church or a micro church. Amen. I want you to know when two or more of us gather together in his name, he says, there am I in the midst of them. So Christ is here in the midst of us today, and we are gathered together around the Word of God, keeping the Word of God that says unto us, forsake not the assembling of yourself together as the manner of some is, but much more as you see the day approaching. Amen. We're not children of the darkness, the scripture declares. We're children of the light, children of the day. Amen. That that day would not overtake us as a thief. We should know the season of the coming of Christ, the season uh, preceding, the immediately preceding the tribulation period. And, and that's why a lot of our teaching and preaching right now is under the umbrella to overarching teaching of signs of the times. And we're going to be talking today about the sign of ever-deepening darkness. One of the signs of the times is the sign of ever-deepening darkness darkness and in particular uh, the the false and deceptive spirit that is loose in the world today amen like never before deception is the order of the day and that's why this scripture in second timothy 3:13 on the subject the sign of ever deepening darkness uh, is talking primarily here about the false teachers, the false doctrines, uh, all of that that contributes to allowing the darkness to get deeper. Uh, we used to be the beacons of light to the world as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and Christians who are living godly in a Christless world. But friend, that is changing today because of false prophets and because of false teachers, and it's allowing the darkness to get even darker. Now, I wish I could tell you things are going to get better. I want to say this to you in love today, and I don't want to get into the big political arguments. In fact, I want to say this. Uh, it, we need to be involved in the political process, and we certainly need conservatives in office, and we need to get out and vote, and we need to be uh, actively involved. But we need to understand that this is not just uh, the left and the right, the blue states and the red states. This is a spiritual issue and a spiritual conflict. And that's why we're seeing this polarization. And that's why we're seeing this, this hatred and this visceral reaction uh, to anything uh, that represents light and goodness. In fact, the scripture says in 2 Timothy three twelve and 13, but all those that live godly shall suffer 
persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. See, ever deepening darkness, deceiving and being deceived. Jesus talked about it this way. When asked what shall be the sign of thy coming, he talked about this ever deepening darkness and this spirit of deception and how it would be manifest in particular through false prophets. He said many false prophets will go out into the earth and deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many will wax cold. It will, see, this is the ever deepening darkness. This is this exponential darkness that is getting deeper and wider and darker. Now that's bad news. We got some good news. Amen. We're still here. God has left us here. It's not as dark as it's going to get, even though it's getting darker. But when the church is taken out of the world, in effect, all those who have been born from above, baptized into the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, hallelujah, those who know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, when He comes for us, then the, then the powers of darkness will have, will have complete freedom, uh, to, to manifest that darkness. But right now, deception is the order of the day. And this is the sign of ever deepening darkness. The coming of the Lord is surely near at hand. Back to 2 Timothy 3.13, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1. And we're, we're reiterating this truth. Listen, now the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. This has to do with false teachers, false prophets, truths that were once held sacred, uh, being slowly uh, uh, eroded and, if possible, eradicated from the Christian faith. Listen. Second Peter 2.18 tells of these false prophets and teachers. It says, For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lust of the flesh. The appeal of the false prophet is to that that is already intrinsic to our natural man or to our flesh. That's why the, the gospel of greed has taken over the gospel of good and godliness in our generation. And so many people are following after false prophets and false leaders today. They see their riches. They see their abundance. They, they see them right up there with all of the Hollywood people and all of the super rich of this world. And they're being told the lie that God wants everyone to be like those super rich of the world. And, and it is appealing to something intrinsic to our flesh. In fact, it would get so bad that it would say men would become lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. They allure 
through the lust of the flesh. That's the seducing part of this thing. Look at Second Peter 2 and verse 1. It says, But there were false prophets among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privately bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them. Denying the Lord who bought them. I want you to underscore that this morning or this evening, whenever you're hearing this message. Denying the Lord who bought them means that they're denying that Jesus Christ and His shed blood is the only, only possible way that we can and must be saved. When a lot of leaders today are pressed on that issue, they, they, they do not stand true to the faith. Redemption is through a ransom that is paid. Redemption is only possible through the blood of Jesus Christ. Without the shedding of blood, dear friend, there is no sacrifice for sin. And the shedding of that blood had to come from one who was totally innocent, one who has never sinned. It had to come through a person in behalf of fallen people. And that person is the Lord Jesus Christ. For the scriptures are clear that we are we are not saved by corruptible things like silver and gold. Where that's not how we're ransomed, but with the precious blood of a lamb, without spot and without blemish. The ransom price has been paid, but it is paid through the blood of Jesus. It is not paid through any religious act, through any religion of the world. There is one God and one mediator between God and man, and that is Jesus Christ. The scripture said, if any man tries to climb up any other way to get to God or be reconciled to God or have a relationship with God, any other way, the same as a thief and a robber, why? It's taking away from that that was given, that precious price that was paid at the cross through the blood of Jesus Christ. And friend of mine, when we are pressed on that issue, there's only one answer. Can this, this group be saved without that blood? Can this group be saved without that blood? The world says to pick your way. Pick your way. Pick your religion. Uh, just, just pick one. There's many to choose from. There are not many ways to God. There is one God, one mediator between God and man, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ today. Amen. So when people deny the Lord that bought them, they are leaving that foundational truth, that fundamental truth of the gospel that says Jesus is the only only means of salvation. One, one God and one mediator between God and man, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's His suffering, His death, the shedding of His blood is the only sacrifice that God said He would honor and that He would accept in our behalf. And he proved he accepted it by raising him from 
the dead. Hallelujah. Thank God in this day of ever deepening darkness, we have the light of revelation through the word of God. Let me read Second Peter once again, chapter 2 and verse 1. But there were false prophets among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privately shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them. Oh, I'm so glad I have been redeemed. How about you today? I would never deny Jesus today as my Redeemer. He has ransomed us, dear Christian friend, today. And anyone that denies that He and He alone not only is Lord, but is our substitute, our Lamb that was offered in our behalf, is denying the Lord who bought them and us. And they bring on themselves swift destruction. Now, I've, I've questioned this. You may have questioned this. You may not. Why do false teachers and why do false prophets, why doesn't God just strike them down? I read of a child right here in our state of Florida that, that was hit by lightning, knocked out of a boat, was in critical condition, but who has made a recovery. Why doesn't lightning not strike an 11-year-old child that is, that is pretty innocent, hasn't had too much time to get polluted by the darkness of the world? Why, why this child? Why not strike one of these evil seducers? Because it is a spiritual judgment that has already fallen that without repentance is going to seal their doom and their destiny. As far as God is concerned, they're already judged. You know, He calls the things not as though they were because He knows they're going to come to pass. Amen. In His divine foreknowledge and in His divine purpose for them, they're bringing on themselves, even though they're living in the lap of luxury, and they're, they're they seem to be thriving in health and wealth. A friend of mine, I'd rather be going through anything that living godly and being persecuted is going to bring me than to live in the opulence and the darkness of these false teachers. You see, self-deception is the true judgment of a deceiver. I want to say that again. Self-deception is the judgment that occurs when light is rejected, even though we've seen it and we know light is rejected and truth is refused. Listen to Romans 1 and verse 21. It says, because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Their foolish heart was darkened. And Romans 1 and verse 28 says, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, 
God gave them over. There's, there's the immediate judgment on this. God gave them over to a reprobate mind. That reprobate word here means a mind that cannot cease from sinning. It is a sin-darkened, sin-controlled mind. To do those things which are not convenient, it goes on to talk about the the ever ever uh, ri- ever increasing rise of homosexuality in our world, and it, it speaks of the deception of those who are caught in this that man would leave the natural use of a woman and burn in their lust one for another. So likewise, the woman leaving the natural use of the man burning in their lust one for another. This is the result of ever-deepening darkness. And this comes to those who continually reject truth. This immediate judgment, this, this swift destruction has already come upon them. Now, this is not the unpardonable sin like blaspheming the Holy Ghost, but it means that they are in such deep darkness and so determined to keep going deeper into that darkness that this sign of ever-deepening darkness is representative through what is happening in the hearts and minds of people in the culture and how it's being manifested through the culture that we're seeing it happen today. Evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And when people reject light, God permits them to go deeper into the darkness. Look at Isaiah 29 and verse 10 with me. It says, For the Lord hath poured out upon you the spirit of deep sleep, and hath closed your eyes. The prophets and your rulers, the seers, hath he covered. Matthew 3, 15, 13 and verse 15, Jesus says this very same thing. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted that I should heal them or literally save them. Now that's the bad news today, but let me, let me give you some good news today. How about some good news? The Lord is able to open our eyes. You know, 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4 said, but if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. God, through the Holy Spirit, is able to open these sin-blinded the sin-blinded eyes that are, that are filled with darkness. God is able to illuminate those who sit in that ever-deepening darkness by and through the power and person of the Holy Spirit. Listen to Psalm 119 and verse 18. 
It says, Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold the wondrous things out of thy law. And Luke 24 and verse 45, it says, Then opened he their understanding, that they might understand the Scriptures. And Acts 16 and 14 And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple in the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, that she attended to the things which are spoken of Paul. And then the reason I know that these sin-darkened eyes and these ears that are dull of hearing, that, that there is hope for them, is that Paul was called to go to the Gentiles. And this is what his calling was. Listen to Acts 26 and verse 18. And this is what we're here today seeking to achieve. And this is what our vision is for our ministry. Listen to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. His And, and he said, Wherefore, O King Agrippa, <laughs> I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. What is your vision, Pastor Venable, to open their eyes, to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, and therefore to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins. Now, there's a difference in people that have never seen and never known because of this sin-darkened world. There's a difference between them and the people who have seen and have known and have chosen the darkness over the light. When they knew God, they would not acknowledge Him as God. And God poured out the spirit of deep sleep. He gave them over to a reprobate mind. If they choose darkness, if they want darkness, He allows them to go into that darkness. He will not manipulate, He will appeal to, but not manipulate the will of mankind. What we're seeing today is an ever-deepening darkness. But it's not too late for the light of the glorious gospel of Christ to shine into the darkness that this situation of evil men and seducers and seducing spirits, literally demons and devils, doctrines of devils. You know, the Bible said that the time would come when men would not not receive sound doctrine. They would resist it and they'd heap to themselves, though teachers, to have their ears tickled, to tell them what they want to hear instead of what God wants them to know today. Well, we're seeking to let you know what God wants you to know today. And it is possible for you to know what God wants you to know today. Amen. Ephesians 1, 17 through 20. It says, and this is a prayer of Paul, that the God of our 
Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, of Jesus speaking, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened might know what is the hope of His calling and what is the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Uh, just a little extra, a little icing on the cake. The Bible said we have been seated with him in heavenly places. Hallelujah. Because when you get saved, you are, you are baptized into Christ by the Spirit, Holy Spirit. Amen. And wherever he is, we are identified with him. From that point forward, we are always with him. That's why when he comes for us, we're going back with him and we're going to live with him and we're going to, and if we suffer with him, which we are and we will, we are going to reign with him. Hallelujah. This is the good news in an ever darkening world. Praise God. Amen. That God would give unto you the spirit of wisdom, hallelujah, and revelation in the knowledge of Him. This brings us back to the question that many would ask. What does it mean, the enlightening, the eyes of our understanding? From the uses in Scripture, it means to illuminate, to shed light on, to instruct our understanding, literally. The enlightening of the eyes of our understanding is a phrase that's referring to our spiritual understanding. An understanding of confidently knowing from within our spirit. This is different from that that is just given mental assent or consent to. This is something that begins in our spirit and it renews us in the spirit then of our mind. Not being pressed into the world's mold, but be renewed in the spirit of your mind. But it doesn't start in the mind. It starts in our spirit. It is a knowing with no doubt. Hallelujah. It's a spiritual understanding that enables us to see what is beneath the surface. It is an understanding that enables us to comprehend God's eternal truth with clarity and certainty. To enlighten the eyes of our understanding, therefore, means to illuminate with divine knowledge and truth. Remember when Jesus asked Peter, whose background was the less, uh, less, uh, uh, less education and, and spiritual things or biblical things. He's an Orthodox Jew, but he's not part of the Sanhedrin like Paul was. He doesn't have a background, uh, that is anything but blue collar. He's, he's a, a fisherman by Trade. <laughs> and he asked him, the least of the, of the educated or, or theologically trained, and he asked him, he said, Peter, who do men say that I am? <laughs> he said, well, some say you're Elijah, and some say you're this, and some say you're that. And then he asked him distinctly and directly, who do you say that I am? 
And immediately, without hesitation, <laughs> Peter says, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the Lips. See what happens when it comes by revelation. Hallelujah. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen. And then immediately Jesus said, In flesh, and thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Not Peter, but the revelation by the Spirit of God of Jesus Christ. Amen. The church is built on the revelation of Jesus. Hallelujah. It's not built upon any of the apostles. They are part of the foundation stones of the faith once delivered unto the saints, but it's not built on a single apostle and certainly not Peter. Amen. But thank God it's built upon the foundation of the prophets and the apostles and Jesus Christ being the chief corner stone. Praise God. And Jesus said to Peter, Thou art Peter upon this rock. What rock? Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Who is he that overcomes the world, our scriptures tell us, but he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Hallelujah. God in flesh. God uh, God incarnate. Praise God. God come to us in and through the person of Jesus Christ. Listen. Today, that spirit of Antichrist is at work and evil men and seducers are deceiving and being deceived. But we have the spirit of wisdom and revelation at work in our world, in the knowledge, giving the knowledge of Him, of Jesus. So Jesus says, Peter, thou art Peter upon this rock, I will build my church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And flesh and blood did not reveal this unto you. This is not something that we target the mind with and try to just persuade the mind with. For the God of this world has blinded the minds, lest the light of the glory of the gospel of Christ should shine unto them. So it's going to take a spiritual act of God by the Holy Spirit to open these blinded eyes. That's what it meant, dear friend. When it said, when Jesus read from the prophecy of him, and he said, he said, today it's fulfilled in your ears. He began to read a prophecy of himself in the temple when he was 30 years of age. He opened the book to the book of Isaiah, and he said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me, for he hath anointed me to set the captive free, set at liberty those that are bruised. And to open the eyes of the blind. When we see that, many people go immediately to, to the blind people, physically blind people that Jesus healed. And certainly he was anointed to do that and he did that. But there was a deeper and greater reason for the eyes of the blind being opened. And it's spiritual understanding being opened. He opened the eyes of those whom Satan has blinded, amen, spiritually and mentally. 
And when that scale falls off, they see the glory of the gospel. The light shines into that very deep darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. Amen. But the light dissipates the darkness. I used to say it many times. I'm going to say it in closing today. The deeper the darkness, the brighter the light. By virtue of the deepening of the darkness. That's why Christ tells you and I today as Christians, Awake thou that sleepest, arise from the dead, and Christ shall give you light. Praise God. Amen. If you're caught up today in the darkness, it's not too late. In fact, we have been sent as ministers of the gospel to turn you from darkness to light. And therefore from Satan unto God. Amen. He's the prince of darkness. Jesus is the king of light. Praise God. And we want to share him with you today. We want to share him. We, we used to sing that song, Christian, dear, dear Christian friends today. You'll recognize it. Open the eyes of my heart. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to know you. I want to know you. That's how we come to truly know Jesus Christ. For God has given us the Holy Spirit, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Hallelujah. Praise God. And to you that don't know Christ today, and and some of what we're saying seems just beyond your capability to to grasp and understand. I tell you, I believe the Holy Spirit is right there where you are today. And I believe the scales are falling off of your eyes. Because if you've stayed tuned, you're not headed deeper into darkness. You're a seeker. You're seeking truth. You're seeking something of substance that you can you can grab a hold of in a in a world filled with deception and with all kinds of confusion god is not the author of confusion but of peace and i'm going to tell you when you come to know jesus and you come to know the glory of the gospel and you decide to repent of your sin and receive Jesus as your Savior, you'll be reconciled to God. You'll have peace with God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding as you put your trust in Him, will keep your heart (laughs) and keep your mind through Jesus Christ. Oh, friend, come to Jesus today. Run to the light and let it flood your soul with the love, the grace, the goodness of God today. In Jesus' name.